All right, all right. Thank you so much. Good, good evening, good morning, wherever you are. Okay, tonight we have a wonderful event, yeah, specially prepared for you guys. And I've been waiting to hear a testimony, yeah, from my beloved friend, okay, Pastor Joshua from the Philippines. Of course, there are a lot of uh, things I did not really have seen before, yeah, but tonight, okay, I believe, okay, he can share something that is available to us. Yeah, and now uh, we shall learn from his journey, yeah, walking with the Lord, and uh, to give us inspiration as uh, we understand him, you know, from his curves of hard knocks in life. <laughs> yeah, so without further ado, I will just pass the time to Pastor Joshua. Pastor Joshua, you're on right now. Take it away. Good evening, everyone. Uh, before I share my testimony, I would uh, uh, read to you my uh, life verse, beginning with... Uh, 2nd Corinthians chapter 7 8 and 9 although uh, I'm still I'm still struggling with chapter uh, with verse 10 honestly I'm still struggling with verse 10 2nd uh, Corinthians chapter 12 verse 7 to 10 says and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations there was given to me a thorn in the flesh the messenger of satan to buffet me lest i should be exalted above measure for this thing i besought the lord thrice that it might depart from me and he said unto me my grace is sufficient for thee for my strength is made perfect in weakness most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distress, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Good evening, everyone. Um... I'm Joshua Gonzalez, a, uh, a uh, servant of the Lord, uh, least I could say, because uh, I had been in such a roller coaster service. I've been through a lot, and uh, it started with my my uh, difficult. Uh, infancy in childhood my mother is already sick when she got pregnant with me uh, she has a faulty kidney several attempts in uh, giving in uh, giving her a transplant 
already failed and my mother's according to all the people around me my mother's uh, health had already de been declining since she got pregnant so uh, the doctor asked her if she would like to take the baby full term and she said yes so I was born September 7 1979 uh, and after that my mother never recovered and died in the hospital two years after I was born so from as as uh, as soon as I could recall uh, I'm not sure about when will when uh, had my father married remarried to a pastor a single pastor had been assigned into our church and then my father met him I met, met her and uh, well uh, she wants a wife and then I don't know when they got married but then um, there's a bit uh, difficulty about uh, the uh, second marriage of my father because our stepmother is uh, a difficult woman she was a pastor but a uh, hot-tempered pastor she is uh, disliked she was disliked by many members because uh, she has a fiery temper and uh, of course it goes uh, with everyone church members church officers even us uh, his uh, foster children so early on in our life in early on in my life me and my uh, brothers and sisters usually become targets of her temper and oftentimes uh, arbitrary outbursts of anger which I cannot understand because oftentimes our father would tell us to be good children so that our stepmom will not be angry with us and yes we had been good children but still she has her tantrums and uh, outbursts of anger and abuse verbal physical even her very own children she has two of them until I re uh, and until somebody told me when I was in grade school that my stepmom is a is a drug addict And my father 
uh, is tolerating her. But then, until the time when she was uh, taken out of pastorate, she was uh, because of the the uh, things that she did. The members, the officers, uh, recommended her to be taken out of uh, pastorate. So my stepmom was my stepmom was uh, given the uh, she was uh, taken out as pastor, and uh, she studied further in as a teacher and became a public school high school teacher so early on in my life the last thing i would want to be is a pastor being raised by an abusive person who happens to be a pastor uh, early on my life is not a an ideal one full of struggles full of scars and almost uh, in many parts of my body mm-hmm. uh, my father being a politician is out uh, is uh, not around Oftentimes, we don't see him often until uh, he lost an election and lost his position as the vice mayor of the town. And then uh, I started being uh, an introvert with my only uh, escape into the world that I like uh, is nature and uh, reading, writing. The library had become my escape pod. That's when uh, a teacher told me about uh, campus journalism and when I was in uh, fifth grade I'm already a campus writer for the school paper and uh, it escalated into an organization of uh, campus writers led by college students who taught us to be angry with the government. So early on, I was uh, taught to be an angry person. During, during my high school days, I had been an activist. And uh, after I graduated high school, Although I uh, passed the examination for scholarship, I dropped out of college 
to join the revolution in the mountains. Uh, fortunately, and by the hand of God, I got sick in the mountains. And when the camp was overrun by the soldiers, my uh, troops, my comrades left me because they said, you are not going to be harmed because you are a minor. True enough, uh, the uh, soldiers treated me well, asked me many things, and I answered them honestly. And I asked them too, why are you doing this? Why is this happening? So, the questions I have in life remain a question. I have not found it among the rebels. I have not found it among the soldiers. Until I went back to school. People are asking me to uh, go to church with them. And I usually say to them, I had enough of Christianity. I told them I was a uh, son of a pastor without telling them all the uh, stories behind. Until I met an engineer, and I don't know he is a pastor, but he is uh, sharing the gospel with the students. His name is uh, Engineer Ferdinand Marano. He never introduced himself to me as a pastor. He introduced himself to me as a, an alumni of the school, uh, involved in uh, campus ministry, because he had been a product of the campus ministry in the school. So he, ter uh, he returned to, to uh, encourage more students. And I encountered a different perspective of Christianity. So very different from, from the Christianity I grew up with. The Christianity I grew up with was a, uh, it's almost like a Roman Catholicism because our church is uh, Evangelical Lutheran. So with all the priestly dress of the pastor, but this guy is telling me uh, your infant baptism is nothing. You need a personal relationship with God. You need to encounter Jesus. Well, at first, 
I was dumbfounded because I don't know anything about what he's saying, even as a son of the pastor or son of a former pastor. So I listened and listened and listened and listened, although I'm apathetic, until I realized that it's a different thing. He gave me a Bible. Although I gave it to somebody else, uh, probably 12 years ago, because I'm passing on Bible to those who are, to, to those who don't have Bibles. So, um, he gave me a Bible, an ordinary looking book, on a language that's not in our vernacular. A Filipino Bible in Tagalog, that's what they call it. And then I read it and read it and read it. And halfway through, I encountered these passages. And I asked God again, Haven't you picked, handpicked Paul? But why this? Why this? When, when uh, Jesus when I, I read about Jesus making miracles, healing the sick, casting out demons with a flick of a finger, with just a word, with just uh, a little clay, he could heal. He could heal even uh, in a distance. But this person, handpicked by Jesus, asked thrice to be healed of his infirmity. And yet, the Lord did not, the Lord did not grant his request. So, this one is really a really big big struggle to me until now although yes i still hang on to this because after i finished my four-year course in college i finished it in uh, six years because i had to support myself I get seven odd jobs, all part-time, to finish my college course. I had a job as a part-time dance instructor among senior citizens. I uh, had a, a stint as a news translator. I had spent uh, as a DJ, radio DJ. Okay. I had a spent uh, as a um, production recorder on the uh, radio station. I had a 
attempt as a uh, part-time band member whatever I could get whatever job I could get just to finish my college studies but before I finished with the uh, pace uh, with the patience uh, and uh, mentoring of Pastor Ferdi Maranyo I accepted Jesus November 1999 7 o'clock p.m. at our weekly fellowship and I have not uh, known what happened to me but when he asked when uh, Pastor Ferdy asked, Whom shall I send? I responded, Here I am. Send me. But after my graduation, after I graduated in college, my uh, dislike of being a pastor re-emerged. And I said, Am I worthy to be a pastor? to be a pastor, to serve as a pastor. Am I worthy? Because some people might uh, might call me a harmless person, but all the pent-up anger, all the rumblings against God is all stored up in my heart. Even through even through, yes, yes, even through my journey as a person who uh, accept, already accepted Jesus Christ. When I was, uh, before I accepted Jesus, I have accepted all the bad things that happened to me. And I attributed it to Christianity. But then, when I became a Christian, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. It had been my struggle. Because the problems did not went away. My father was incapacitated by a uh, stroke he had a stroke and uh, we lost everything my father lost all his uh, businesses he had a massive debt and uh, we had to sell everything and yes the problems are still there the struggle is still there and I forgot about my promise to God however without my knowledge my mother 
before she died told some people that uh, she promised that I will be dedicated to serve God. My father forgot about it until an elderly woman reminded him of it. And yes, my father also realized that some some, uh, some time ago, he himself promised to serve the Lord as a pastor. But uh, but then he's already uh, bedridden and he cannot serve, cannot be a pastor anymore. Although we uh, sold everything for his medication, for his treatment, for his uh, therapies that he got to walk again. The uh, impact of uh, his stroke is uh, affected his life. He cannot speak clearly, although audible. And uh, but uh, you know how it is with a stroke victim. And he cannot. Uh, he can walk, but with a uh, gate, a difficult gate he had. But he per, uh, he persuaded me. He told me, my son, even if we have nothing, will you please fulfill my promise and your promise to God? I told him how how could I fulfill it? We left we lost everything. He asked uh, he told me the Lord will provide. Yes, the Lord had provided me a person that would uh, pay for my tuition fee in the seminary as I took up Masters of Divinity in Silliman University Divinity School in 2005. Somebody gave me a uh, fare to go to Silliman University. Uh, I had to go by several vehicles and uh, a fast craft and a uh, ship and some buses uh, a total trip of uh, three days and two nights to go to the seminary and and enroll however uh, my support or the support promised to me dwindled so far uh, so so suddenly and early on in my uh, uh, as a as a um, student of the seminary so I had to work for the cafeteria of the university just to have some food to eat and yes 
there are times that the cafeteria is uh, because in the cafeteria we we can eat for free but there are times that uh, there is no school so the cafeteria will close and uh, I'll be hungry for the time and yet I cannot go back home because I don't have a fare back uh, to go back home so I endured everything until my uh, until they uh, have already sent me back to our church to have my internship and during my internship the persecution against me started to uh, emerge I was persecuted by some people in the church some of the senior pastors of the church because I believe that uh, what they had been doing is not biblical they are supporting the rebels of the country to fight against the government and because I don't I did not join them I was persecuted because they are the ones who are holding key positions in our denomination so even as I serve by 2007 2008 2009 2010 and until now I had been persecuted by my own churchmates by my own co-pastors by our bishops for speaking against them and yes our church had been rocked by these controversies that even the government had interceded and uh, 12 of our bishops all of them current bishops and our current national officers are facing a lawsuit for uh, lying under oath that's a big thing but then because I am nobody I am a nobody in our church and I am a nobody in our society I failed miserably yes I I have not failed with my pastorate I have revived two churches two dying churches revived two dying churches and the other one is still struggling but uh, yes slowly growing but then I realized that the ch- those churches grow started to grow when I started to fail when I when I uh, got sick because of my uh, schedules so busy schedules that I would travel all around the province for one day early in the morning until na- late at night with a low uh, with the low 
uh, love gift not even a seller although yes I had uh, some people supported me gave me business and I started to have a business but then it also failed but then I realized where I failed somebody else would pick up on it and they will succeed those three churches had been taken away from me but then the members started to become responsible and now they are growing growing big growing fast with the youth being grounded in the scriptures with the younger generation and the children being taught by the youth themselves because at the very first place I am no longer with them and they are calling me from time to time pastor we hope that you could come to us and see what had become of us a church whom I uh, had served when I arrived it's only seven of us three adults four children seven but now they have already renovated the church because the church is a bit small for them to all fit in when I arrived there there's no electricity there's no electricity the building is dilapidated it's almost falling apart but now they have already a kitchen and they are serving breakfast lunch and snacks in the afternoon every Sunday they are already sending the youth with allowances to college and to high school the other one is also starting to do that too. they are already now uh, renovating the, the second church and the third church is now uh, growing too although they had been uh, sad because I was uh, officially taken out of the role of uh, church workers but then I realized and I'm still realizing and yes I could say to you honestly say to you tonight that I am still struggling with this verse because I haven't reached yet the point of uh, Apostle Paul where he could uh, take pleasure in his infirmities personally 
I had been uh, struggling with low energy because I had a uh, tendency to have a low blood sugar and I have a sciatica a sciatica a uh, damage uh, an injury which uh, resulted into a half body sciatica but uh, when the time comes that I cannot get up because half of my body is so painful that even uh, pain medicines cannot uh, do something about it I am I am struggling with that I'm still struggling with that it took it, it, it usually takes half day when it happens uh, and uh, it's really struggled to me but then in my failures I failed but I can see I failed to to uh, I, I'm not really sure if it is a failure or what because when I spoke about the abuses in our denomination I was singled out I was thrown out of the church but then people started to ask for reform and uh, as I uh, went back to the seminary I failed to graduate my Masters of Divinity course in 2020 uh, no no 2000 I was supposed to graduate 2010 but 2009 they refused to send me back for my senior year in the seminary because they said I am a troublemaker but then I still served they did not give me a pastoral call they did not give me a pastoral license but when people would ask me to preach when people would ask me to lead them Bible study anything visitation I was there because I care less about titles I don't care about titles I don't care about salaries I don't care about uh, their uh, policies and everything. If somebody needs me somewhere, I will serve. I served in the hospital. I served in the jail. I slept among the prisoners. I ate among the prisoners. I slept among uh, patients of the hospital I ate among the patients in the hospital I went to the uh, bombs in the streets I slept in the streets among them and many of them I led to Christ
that's why uh, I had my email sinnersaint1999 at gmail.com because for me I am a sinner to the sinner and a saint to the saint so I could lead them all to Christ I am with I had been with so many bad people even hardened criminals because they can relate to me and I could relate to them and I don't push them with the verses I did don't slap them with the Bible I just listen to all their struggles and they and I told I tell them that I am struggling too so where I failed somebody else usually picks up from there and they will succeed one two three four five several ministries and when they are succeeding I turned it over to them not uh, being jealous because for me it's not my ministry because when I was there I was failing failing so bad but then after I left they will begin to realize what I've been doing and the members will do it themselves Even youngsters whom I have mentored learned how to preach and when I was no longer around they started preaching they started street evangelism and when they did the church grew so I actually think about these passages to me uh, to that it applies to me especially recently October 31 November 1 and 2 is already the first national evangelical fellowship conference of the United Church of Christ in the Philippines I was not there because I don't have the money nor the time to go there and see my advocacy come to life but then people thousands of them joined face to face and online and they already called for a massive reformation in our church they are comparing the uh, reformation movement today that they have to the reformation of uh, Martin Luther is the Roman Catholic Church so when people ask me pastor how are you as a pastor I usually say I am one of the least because I know I am 
I'm not much eloquent with words. I fumble with words oftentimes. And oftentimes, uh, when I sing, my uh, voice usually uh, fails. So, uh, I realized that it also, also taught me that it is not about me. It is not about me as a pastor. It is not about me as a person. But God used me just to reach somebody. And whatever happens, because I accepted the call, because I went, because I struggled, the Lord will reach somebody else. Until the uh, intention, the plan of the Lord is fulfilled already. So tonight, would like to um, to exalt you, brothers and sisters, to look at the ministry, not as my ministry but the Lord's ministry because we although it is our shall I shall we call babies especially those pioneering pastors that would one day leave their beloved churches to go somewhere else or those pastors who would fail in one way or another. We are not called to have mega churches. We are called to lead people to Christ. We are not called to build buildings upon buildings, acquire assets upon assets. But we are called to serve We are not called to be the topmost main man, but we are called to be servants, as Jesus Christ himself said. Those who want to be prime among you must be the servant of all. Who wants to be the first must be the last. So that the point of the ministry being a, be, to become a source of our personal pride will not happen because we will understand and we will know and we will recognize that it has not been our strength it has not been our effort it has not been our eloquence it has not been our vigor it has not been our genius that the church grew but the mercy of God all through our numerous failings again and again and again and again because we have dedicated our lives to the Lord 
And it is not about us, but it is about Him through and through. The author and the finisher of our faith, plural. Our own personal faith and the people we serve. We are not the author of their faith. God is the author. Jesus is the author. We are not the ones who have finished their faith or bring the fruits. No. So when people disregard us, so when people persecute us, we do not take it upon ourselves and become furious and become angry and become so insulted. Because for us, who am I to feel like this? It's not me. It was never me. It was never mine the very first. It's God's the Lord's and may we all have the opportunity to feel like that in every point of our ministry as we continue to serve and become the least among the servants of the Lord that others would thrive that others would be blessed that we might be able to pray yes Lord I pray for them that even if I become condemned in their place I would beseech you O Lord even if you erase me from the book of life, but they would be saved. But that they would be saved. Much like Moses. Much like Apostle Paul. And yes, I also realize that those are gifts. The, that measure of faith are gifts of God it might not happen to somebody else too I realize but then I pray for you brothers and sisters that tonight the Lord will bless you in any way that he would that the Lord might be merciful upon you and let you see the fruits of your labor but because uh, but uh, but as for me and countless others especially those who were enumerated in Hebrews chapter 11 that many of us even my father have not seen all the promises of the Lord in their lifetimes. But we 
the ones who can see the fulfillment of the promises of God exclaims great is thy faithfulness O Lord our Creator let us pray Lord tonight this very moment O Lord we pray that these pastors men and women you have chosen from millions and millions around the world be given the grace to weather out all the things that they may be given to endure that they may have strength physical strength mental strength psychological emotional strength enough to stand their ground enough to be humble enough to be uh, the least among the brethren and to serve you as such because we know oh lord that it is about you and not about us all through and through thank you dear lord for giving us the opportunity to be like this and may your name be praised may your name be exalted high above everything including our own thank you dear lord for all this and may our breath continually praise you this we pray in jesus name amen Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, folks, you have it, right? Um, part of uh, Pastor Joshua's uh, life testimony, right? I believe uh, we listened with uh, intensely. I believe some our jaws dropped, <laughs> right, gaping. And I do hope that through this testimony, we will understand Pastor Joshua better, all right? So, yeah, it's not an easy thing to go through test trials. Yeah, for the Lord. And never, never easy. And uh, to really experience the fellowship of suffering of Christ, it is a tall, tall order. Yeah, for some, you may have been there. For some, we have not, or we are going through that. Yeah, but the thing that Christ did for us I think no one, no individual on earth will able to top that.
if we really, really go into the life of Christ, I, I really believe that even in his family, he had family problems, he had family squabbles, you know, even his brothers, you know, did not believe him, he was rejected, even by his own family, by his brothers. Okay, so uh, any questions you'd like to uh, maybe forward to Pastor Joshua? Or any comments you'd like to share tonight after hearing this testimony? Well, I'd just like to um, elaborate on what Pastor Joshua mentioned about ministry and babies. I, for one, am not also um, too uptight. You know, if let's say someone wants to take over a ministry, I'm, I'm all for it. If that person is qualified enough, all right? If the person you know, has been groomed and taught by the Holy Spirit. In my ministry, yeah, I love to, to see more ministries being started. You know, and also try to get people to join in. Yeah, so that we can ease on our manpower. Mm, we can compile resources and do the very best for our God. Yeah. I started a few ministries. Yeah. And uh yeah. As long as okay it's been taken care of and I'm happy to leave it to anyone you know who likes to to take over. I think that should be how we view ministry. Ministry is not for us, it's not ours, it is His. It is His. I just uh, also did try to get someone, you know, to join me, you know, in, in a Bible study. Yeah, of course, you know, it's not easy to want to release something. But then I think that's a misunderstanding because um, the person is thinking that, okay, we want to take over right now. Okay, we just want to combine and pull our resources together. And um, some people are still saying, my ministry, my ministry, my ministry. If we continue to say, my ministry, it has become an idol. That ministry has become an idol. And when we serve God, there should be no idols. Because idolatry is abomination to God. So I just love what Pastor Joshua says, okay, that you know he couldn't care less. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, some people do not have that. 
maybe the IQ, you know, intelligent quota. No. If I can groom someone and you know, I to take over, wow, you know, and I can start another and groom and lead more people. I, I don't know, I think um, that's what leaders should do, not to cling on, yeah, but to reproduce and reproduce. God said to Adam and Eve, yeah, be fruitful and multiply. The things today we see, people are building ministries. They are building their towers. Yeah, and they are not spreading out. Yeah, they're not loving people enough. They're loving the ministry. They're loving the people. Yeah, they're loving the adoration. So thank you, Pastor Joshua, for giving us this reminder. Yeah, we need to be so free in serving God. Yeah, if it is if it's taken away, well, it is in God's will. Let it be taken away. God has something bad for us. Think on the good things. Yeah. And ministry and serving, though it has its difficulties, its ups and downs, but it's a joyful serving. If we serve God, yeah, with uh, so much of discontentment, jealousy, backbiting, trying to topple one another, that ministry has been tainted by flesh. It's no longer God's ministry. It definitely is your ministry. Take it now for all that you want. Because when God leaves, the ministry goes to ruin. Unless the Lord builds a house, whatever we do, it is in vain. Okay, I, I, I want you guys to, to to share your thoughts, you know, from, from this. Don't let me talk. I, I, I can talk. And <laughs> I can I can talk, right? And I can tell you you know my views. But what about yours? What have you learned from tonight's sharing? Do you feel? Are you changed? Are you motivated? What, what is it from tonight? Yeah, Pastor Vinaya, wonderful, blessed testimony. Would you like to share something, Pastor Vinaya? Thank you, uh, Brother Pastor Joshua. It was such a wonderful 
testimony has encouraged me, it motivates me. The ministry belongs to the Lord, whether it is a small ministry or big ministry. But one thing that I learned that we are not uh, doing for the man, but we are doing for the God. And God is the God. He's going to reward us because we are serving the Almighty God. The purpose of the ministry just to uh, let uh, God's name should be glorified. And through the ministry, the, through your testimony, the, I hope that uh, many people will encourage and they also will be the motive, they also will get the motivation because the hardship you went through and the difficulties and the pain, the struggle you struggled in your life. Yeah, God knows everything, but one thing that God has called you for the purpose and He's going to fulfill His purpose in your life. Thank you so much. Amen. Thank you for the encouragement. Anyone else who wants to have a word of encouragement? Um, something you'd like to share with us in this fellowship? What about Jeremy? Jeremy, you want to say something? Are you convenient to talk? All right, so uh, uh, this word comes um, to my mind. Romans 8.28 All things work together for those who love the Lord. Yeah, and uh, God has um, prepared us for a wonderful future. Though we not understand our beginning, yeah, God understands our end. And He knows that our end will be glorious. And He will prepare us if we are yielded to Him if we truly believe that we no longer live, that Christ lives in us, and our bodies are living sacrifices, and we are to offer our body, our time, our money, whatever that He wants from us, we gladly offer it as a sacrifice. And I, I do not know how many of us, okay, um, is able to readily say amen to that. <laughs> All right. Yes, amen to it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, I hear you guys. I hear, okay, that Christ is in you. I know that, okay, Christ is living in you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I agree, Apostle Mark. That is true. Unless the wheat falls to the ground, it cannot bear fruit. You know, when I first accepted Christ, okay, there's only four things I, I pray. Lord, let me die and let Christ live. 
And secondly, not, not your will, not my will, but your will. Only these two things, all these years. And, and that has brought, um, you know, much <laughs> hard knocks yeah, in, in ministry. I remember when I first, uh, you know, wanted to, to be a pastor. Right, and I was um, tested. So my pastor uh, asked me, you know, at the time, I, I was just, yeah, just, ex- I just was so, so um, zealous to serve God, right? And I went to the pastor and said, I want to serve, I want to serve. <laughs> and then my pastor said, you know, who is this guy, you know, who wants to serve? I do not, not even know you, huh? It's not he doesn't know me. I've, I've been, I, I was saved in the church, you know, um, yeah, a few months earlier, and I just felt that longing to want to serve God. Ah, but I, I also do not know whether I made the right choice because at that time, um, yeah, I was, um, yeah, in, in university, right, and also I like studying, uh, halfway through. You know, I. There was one, you know, even in my studies, right, I can't really concentrate. I can't concentrate, yeah, because uh, there are so many things happening in my life. Yeah. New, new Christian, right, a lot of things still jumble up. But there was this desire to serve God. Yeah, one of which was, uh, yeah, I just share with you guys since you are so quiet, yeah. Um, there was a time, okay, I... I received a vision. I saw slippers, all right, globe is a uh, golden slippers, just slippers, yeah, all right. Uh, the type that you see these uh, these uh, kung fu shoes or ballerina shoes, right? but it was golden, and it was walking on its own, all right. So that was the first vision. Second vision, I saw okay that I was, mm, yeah, then. Um, the slippers somehow got onto a, I would say, maroon, okay, velvet pillow. All right, and third, I saw myself, okay, kneeling in front of God, all right, with that pillow and that, that shoes, okay, in front of God. And that was, that was it. Correct, and I knew, okay, um, you know, um, no, God was just telling me to serve Him. Yeah, and He has given me the gospel shoes. <laughs> yeah, golden in color. Wow. There are so many things I, I just can share with you, experiences of, of, of God speaking to me and making, making it so clear that what He wants from me. But even today, all right, I, I still am grasping and grappling into what he really wants to do with me, you know, in my life. Yes. Pastor Rebel, you want to say something? Amen. With your comments, uh, that, that's true. Yeah, um, if I may say, I, I haven't heard uh, Pastor Joshua his testimony, 
but I believe uh, we are talking here about the ministry. And in my end, from my my, my own understanding uh, of this, based on the um, experience of Paul and others, actually, all all the ministry are not our ministry. All the ministry of God. You arrived and you said that it is not our ministry, because the moment we take that um, ownership, then we also take the accountability. You know that we do with our own strength. We do it with our own capabilities, and all our, all our abilities. And I believe this this is has had a connection in in John or in Luke something that uh, when when God spoke about the the vine and the branches, that He said, "I am the vine, and you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing." And in the ministry, sometimes we believers. Particularly, um, credit all these uh, works that have been done by God, but not was, but, but it was not being seen as it was God who did it. But the, the person who take holds of that ministry will take the credit that I did all these things. I made the big church and all this, uh, whatever whatsoever it is, and from there we misrepresent God as the one who produces all the, the, the fruits and the, I believe the fruits there is not it's not how big the ministry or how, how many peoples are there but the expression of Christ the the, the love of Christ because that's what make uh, the ministry of Christ is is when he shared it during his time he shared that love and that same ministry of love is supposed to be the one to uh, to be spread and shared, but what some some of the believers did is they take responsible, they take all the credits of this ministry, and they they call it their own ministry. And sometimes we can see God is cutting off that branch, you know, because the the source of of the the things that are going on on that branch is not anymore from the from the vine. Uh, as a branch, we cannot produce. I believe fruits because all the nutrients come from the vine, which is Christ supposed to be. Uh, even in in um, Philippians um, two thirteen, it says, "For it is God who worketh in you both to will and to do His good pleasure." Sometimes we forget that we are a, we are the vessel, we are the container, we are the, the temple of God. We sometimes the flesh sometimes puff up, you know. The fleshly man also is the one doing it, uh, doing all the works for the Lord. Uh, we, we, we call it for the Lord. But in fact, there's nothing we can do for the Lord. He is the one doing all for us. And we're supposed to be aligned and obey and be in one in that Christ who lives in us, as you said, that Christ in you. And, and the evidence of that, we can see it in the lives of Paul. That when, when Paul sometimes brag because he was being provoked to brag about himself he told these these people who are bragging about their their own effort their own religion that he said also that me also i'm 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 also from the tribe of benjamin circumcised in the eight days in terms of the law i am blameless in terms of the righteousness of the law i am blameless and all the the, the profile and all the the, the credit of Paul was being displayed in his in his statement. 
But the very good thing that Paul um, made a conclusion, he said, and all these things are nothing but done. He make it a done, just to win the knowledge of the excellency of Christ. See, even, even, even Paul, whom Christ gave the final message, I said it is the final message because the last person whom Christ was with is Paul. Not just in, in the road of Damascus, but in Arabia. Um, Paul did not confer it to the, to the apostles uh, who was, who was uh, before him, but he even told that the, the message that I receive is not from man. It's from God. But what, what Paul is trying to tell us that even him who received this final message of Christ to fulfill, uh, he said, all these things that I have in the old mind, in the old self, is done. That I may win him. And I count all these things lost. And I the good thing, the, the, the best thing he said, I suffer the loss of all things. Because sometimes I believe he knew that when he will going to take take hold of that of that ministry. Probably human as human has the tendency to manipulate the word of God. If if a believer will going to take um, personalize the message, personalize the gospel, this is where that the control comes in. This is where the corruption comes in. That um, we. Probably that the believers will control when, where to give, and who will be who will be receiving this, and even abuse it to the point that uh, they 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 plant fear to to the listeners, to the the innocent believers that uh, only they the one who are holy, whatever it, whatever it is. I believe you know what I'm trying to say. Now, it is very dangerous to really. Um, personalize the message, personalize the gospel, because the capacity, the capacity of our mind, if it is not influenced by Christ, has the tendency to manipulate and use the message for for the believer's own benefit. So, for me, I join Paul when he says, "I am crucified with Christ, and nevertheless I live; yet not I, but Christ liveth in me." The life which I now live in the flesh, it is very clear. He said, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live it by the faith of the Son of God. He did not say, I live it by my own faith. Meaning, I, he did not say that I live it by my own strength, by my own effort, by my own whatever it is. He live it by the faith of the Son of God who loved him and gave himself to him. It's really wonderful. Amen. Fix in our mind that the vessel cannot produce anything except for the content of that vessel. The most important thing the vessel has is the content. And that content is the treasure that was being um, um, kept from ages and generation. But now it is being revealed to each and every one of us in Colossians 1.27. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And that is where he resists us always. The reason why he, the Father gave the Christ in us, because 
He already ended it depending human to fulfill his requirements. It was already done 2,000 years ago at the cross. God said, it is finished. I will never going to depend on human again, but I will depend on my son. I will depend in Christ. That in, 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 the, in, in so many years, God is spoke to prophets and all these man of God. We call it um, the great man of God in, in the Old Testament. But now he will be going to speak unto us through his son whom he gave to those who, who accept him, to those who believe him. As many as receive him to them, he gave them power to become sons of God. And that is where the father's communications come in. He speaks through his son who lives in us. Now the challenge there is to each and every one of us, do we have the influence of his son? Do we have the knowledge of his son like Paul? That means that I will going to, to put away all my, my credentials like a dung, and I will accept and I will going to focus on Christ as the ultimate knowledge, as the ultimate things, as the ultimate life that I have in, in, in the journey that I'm going in. So thank you for this opportunity. I hope I haven't taken too much long of your time. And thank you so much, uh, Pastor Mark, for giving me opportunity to speak. God bless everyone. Thank you, thank you, Pastor Raul. Thank you. Yeah, wonderful, wonderfully put, Reverend, who said, yeah. So actually, you know, I was so excited. I just want to ask, even as Pastor Raul was talking, right, so how many would you? Would uh, you know give a thumbs up, bless your kid, and you know you live for Christ, all right? That all your old life has passed away, all right, and that new things have come. Yeah. And okay. um, the thing is, okay, yes. If we can count all things lost, I believe we have come to a mature understanding of what. Um, not ministry, what life in Christ is. Without Christ, there's no life. You know, without Christ, there's no life. And um, we try to, I'm talking to ministers here, not to strive for ministry excellence, right? But to strive to obtain Christ. When you obtain Christ, everything will be beautiful, everything will be excellent. So, wrong focus will lead us to wrong achievements. Yeah, a pure heart, a pure motives will bring us to excellency, which Paul spoke about. So, forgetting, you know, I, I can... I can put away whatever prizes and uh, you know trophies in the ministries in the past. For me, to me, truly, it's nothing. You know, it's nothing right now. Okay, what we want is just Christ, and our endeavor, all right, is to bring our brothers and sisters closer to the relationship of Christ. You know, our endeavor is to bring brothers and sisters closer to understand, okay, the love of Christ. 
without the love of Christ, how can we love ourselves? How can we know how to love others? How can our how how can our ministry be excellent without love? Without love, we are nothing, and God is love. Okay, God is love. So actually, um, so when I wanted to join um, the pastoral ministry, so yeah, the pastor said, okay, okay, um, do you know that it's it's not an easy, it's not an easy thing, you know, to want to to serve in the ministry. I remember says, okay, um, you know, you better go back and think about it, okay, because it's it's not something okay that is for you just to act on your emotions. So you pray about it. So I believe, okay, I I had a wonderful wise pastor. So I went back, I prayed, and um, I said, I came back, said no, <laughs> okay, I still want to serve the Lord. They say, said, do you know that, okay, in serving the Lord, okay, you may lose friends, right? You may even lose family, right? And then, um, you know, uh, at times, okay, there will be no one to help you. You are on your own. Are you ready for that? Right? And uh, she says, go back and pray. <laughs> so I went back and prayed. And she says, okay. So I read the scriptures, okay, you know. If, um, Jesus said to his disciples, anyone who has left houses, families and all that, right? Okay, we will get more and all this kind of stuff. So that doesn't really bother me. I says, okay, I'm still, I'm still going for it. Then the third question asked me, okay, okay, would you be willing, okay, to be, okay, he said, would you be willing, okay, to have Judas's in your ministry? He says, what you go through, sorry, what God crawled through, Jesus went through, okay, you also go through. That people will backstep you, your close friends, yeah, in the ministry. He was preparing me for all this. And that really shocked me. Because um, you know, I, I, I saw ministry as beautiful, yeah, definitely, you know, I'll be challenges and all that. Yeah, I, I can brave through that. But who can endure the betrayal of a friend? Who can endure the backstabbings of someone in ministry, okay, that purposely is your friend, okay, but trying to push you down. So, to make the story short, right, yeah, so as I served, right, yeah, um, like Pastor Joshua mentioned, right, okay, his ministry was uh, taken away from him, so was mine, alright. Yeah, is this is a political thing, okay, in 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 church circles. Yeah, but uh, sad to say, okay, uh, the ministry that they took over, okay, did not survive. Did not survive. Yeah, and of course, um, during you know ministry, there were people who will um, somehow doubt you. And even frame you. I'm not so very frame you, <laughs> all right? Uh, accusing you, you know, of doing things that you never did. And all this, 
are marks of, I would say, what Paul said, I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. If we can endure that and still serve. I remember I, there was a time, okay, I wanted to give up. There were so many disappointments, okay, in serving the Lord. So many. Yeah. You know. Uh, most probably, uh, okay, I'm a quick learner. <laughs> Alright, I'm a star. Alright, I, I, I do things, yeah, quite well. And people get a bit afraid, fearful, uh, that you will um, overtake them, even your pastors, right? Yeah. So all these things happen, all because um, we, in our human state, are still not perfect. And God allow all these things. It's good because why? When these things go, we go through these things, right? We learn something and I believe the people that subjected us, okay, to this will also learn. And they become better people. Even as how Joseph was slave, was uh, sold to the slave, slave trade. Yeah? Because they did not understand Joseph. They thought that, you know, he was um, a boaster, you know, you know, trying to grab attention, trying to grab a lot of things from them. Yeah? But eventually, they, they understood and they repented. So I believe, uh, I also hope, okay, through our journey through that, okay, we will also be a blessing. Though we were the one that were on the receiving end. We were the one, okay, that were receiving all these accusations, okay, without any proof. Yeah, um, ministries taken away. Yeah, but all things were for good for those who love the Lord. So whenever we go through anything, says, all things work together for those who love the Lord. I count everything, everything, dung, rubbish. Okay, all this is to prepare me for the greater journey with Him. Yeah, in our ministry. Hallelujah. Amen. Alright. So, see that. Yeah. Okay, um, you guys are so, so quiet, yeah? So, um, the window was closed. And <laughs> hallelujah. Well, Pastor Mark, an international ministry was given to you instead. A window was closed and a door was opened. Amen, hallelujah. Um, right. I always say patience is virtue. I do not jump to anything. Uh, it has to be orchestrated by him. Right, let his will be done, not mine. And um, things will just unfold. And um, yeah, yeah. Though okay, this uh, we we call this international ministry. Yeah, um, there is a purpose. Okay, that we want to make our father glad and happy. Okay, that we his servants are coming together in one heart and one accord to serve him and to be taught. Right, you know, by the various pastors here to be edified, yeah, to be a, a training ground, okay, for, for people, yeah, you know, to want to uh, go and excel in ministry, yeah, yeah, and I believe, okay, we, you know, okay, that we are not to glorify ourselves, okay, we never um, put out anything about ourselves, but only the word, 
yeah, and what the word can go can do through okay us to edify, yeah, to make us more equipped, yeah, to fight the battles ahead, yeah, to stand firm in the days of darkness and um, calamity. All right. So, any last words before I close this? Pastor Joshua, want to say anything? I uh, really appreciate, okay, you sharing your life with us. Hello, Pastor. Yes. Um, uh, actually, uh, my, as I have said, my story is not yet uh, that much because uh i am honestly still struggling <laughs> uh, but but yes i can see that um the lord is showing uh, had shown me that uh because at the very first when i when i entered the seminary uh i thought the ministry is about me i need to be the best student i need to be the best pastor I need to be the best in this I need to be the best in that and when I fail it uh, it actually uh, devastates me when I fail in my classes when I fail in this that uh, especially with the struggles because of course if you are so tired uh, serving food to hundreds of people uh, and then you will study and then you will go to class you know we are serving food uh, to the students hundreds of students uh, in the cafeteria uh, in the morning lunch time and in the evening so one hour each so uh, I'm go I'll be going to the to the um, you know the classes so tired even at night uh, you know after our evening shift we need to clean up the area so uh, I failed and I failed and I failed and I failed and it devastated me but then I realized uh, just uh, just when we started this Bible studies that uh, that's one that's one that's how we we see the Bible that's how we see the scriptures and then it dawned on me that yes I had been failing but uh, some people I've touched uh, took off where I've left and they they succeeded they definitely succeeded without me without me so I cannot boast that I started this because when I was there I was not winning or I was not having some success but I I uh, I reached out to the people who did that's how that's how the Lord would and uh, the Lord is challenging me to look at it and uh, because at the very first point uh, from my childhood I had been longing for recognition 
but now uh, even if uh, I don't have the title of uh, the formal title of pastor some some of the pastors that had been with me or my my seminary um, <coughs> my seminary classmates are already ordained uh, they're on to their uh, uh, one I think or two are now starting to have their advancement so that one day they would become bishops but then I say probably it's not for me because even if uh, somebody would call me by my, my first name or what it's not about me I say it's not about me the ministry it's not about me it's about God it's about Amen. Christ. It's Amen. about the people. Yes, definitely. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Yeah, Pastor Nedon, Yeah, you want to say something? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, just waiting for you. Hey, uh, hello, hi. Uh, just a quick one, Pastor Joshua. Uh, which part of Philippines are you based at? Um, I'm actually based now in Kalamba uh, Laguna and or Metro Manila because I've been traveling from one place to another. Uh, I am now in a in a um, group that uh, is trying to provide uh, water. Have you have you been to Mindanao? Yes, I've been there. Uh, several times already. Which uh, part of Mindanao have you been? Davao, Lanao, Cagayan de Oro, Surigao, uh, no, 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 not. Yeah, Surigao, Surigao, if I'm correct. Mm. Have you been to Agusan, Sultan Kudarat, Magindanao? Uh, have not yeah, yet. Sure. The far get the oh, farthest okay. was the farthest was Marawi. Right, right. Can you uh, can you speak Visaya? Ah, kama ako kay kuan ang silibang university. Amen. Okay. I just uh, ask you this because uh, in the shortness of time, just want to tell you that uh, um, I can uh, relate to all the ground struggles that you have shared earlier, especially in the uh, context of the Filipino culture. I, I, I say that because I spent 15 years of my life uh, reaching the Manubu tribes, and various other unreached people groups in the southern part of uh, Mindanao. Fifteen years. So, and uh, when we, I mean, uh, you know, it's it's not easy, but mainly because of the the culture, the way pastors there in Philippines generally, but especially in this part of uh, Mindanao. Uh, where the culture is a little bit different from that in Luzon and Visayas. 
I, 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 I'm sure that you know what I'm saying. It's a lot of comparing and competing amongst the pastors. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's very easy to lose, uh, to lose uh, the focus, uh, you know, of the Messiah. And uh, that actually trickles into the preparation of the people of God across the Philippines. That is what I'm most concerned about, preparation of the bride for the return of the Messiah King. And uh, I mean, uh, there's of course a, a lot to talk about, but because of the shortness of time, I just want to thank you uh, for sharing and being so open and uh, vulnerable to the rest of us in Malaysia here. God bless you, Brother Joshua. Uh, welcome, brother. Uh, if anything, uh, you would uh, share with me or uh, you would uh, join me, especially in that field. We are going to have a uh, renewed um, evangelism and uh, church building or church planting endeavor to the... Uh, um, uh, indigenous tribes uh, we are working with Higaonon tribe right now and I'm with their prince uh, someday probably next year we will begin uh, our uh, uh, ministry with them yes that's all Amen, amen. Um, I'm so happy of what uh, Pastor Joshua is going through right now. He may not understand it, but for me, I can see that God is doing something better than, far better than before, you know. Uh, this is just an encouragement to each and every one of us that uh, even, even Christ has um, given this parable that uh, except a corner wheat fall into the ground and die, and if it did Abide it, it, it will not going to die, it will be abided alone. But if it will die, it will bear much fruit. And, and John was also talking about, he must increase, I must decrease. You know, when Christ is about to express, when Christ is about to manifest himself, that seed in us will going to make life and every outer core of us needs to be broken you know that's why I'm exciting to to see Pastor Joshua when 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 Pastor Joshua will say Lord I surrender all and the Lord will clap his hands okay Josh it's my turn and I will going to come out of you and this is this is the message of every we may say it I, I failed but Pastor Joshua you did not fail you know probably God allows it all these things that you will going to have a better perspective, a better you in Christ Jesus, that you will, you will understand that uh, the Christ in you is doing all these things, that he will going to put you somewhere better than before. And even to each and every one of us, um, the moment we are broken, that is where the beginning of the Lord is. You know, when Christ, even though when Christ was having all this suffering that in that suffering he learned to obey 
That's what the Bible says. And we are all partakers of Christ's suffering. We may not understand how, how painful it is. We may not understand how hurtful it is. All these things are going on in us and, and, and on us. But one thing for sure, the moment you are going through in every certain situation and circumstances, God is letting us know that Christ first go through in those situations. He was being betrayed. You know, he was being um, hurt by so many people. How many people shouted on him, crucify him? And those people whom he healed, whom he fed with, with, the, with the fish and with the bread. But none of them really stand and say, no, don't crucify him. And all these people, like, even, even Peter betrayed him. And no one, no one was left. And I understand also that the... the, the the, the concern and the, the issues of Pastor Nathan that yeah competitions and all these things because we thought that our our credential we thought that our profile we thought that our ourselves will be the one to be exalted no it should be Christ be exalted in each and every one of us and I believe uh, one way or the other. God will come out, Christ will come out of us as a process person, as, as a mature son, not a babe Christian, but as a mature son. As a mature son, will understand the father. The father will say no, the son will still continue to, to be there and serve there and understand God. And I believe God will do something better better than before that as, as Paul says if you are risen with Christ put your affection on things above where Christ is seated and not on things below not on things on earth where it is only temporal our focus is Christ pastor Mark is right it is not us and can never be us but it is Christ in us and let us focus all our concern give it to Christ and let us not stay there in, in, in ourselves, but let us give it to Christ. The moment we focus to Christ, and Christ will bring us into where he wants us to place and to be used by him. And um, God bless everyone. Again, I hope I have uh, the word of God. I was being touched by the Lord today to say this to you. And I hope it ministers unto you. And if it ministers unto you, mind you, my brothers and sisters, it is not me talking to you. But I believe it is Christ in me talking to you. It ministers unto you. If it touches your heart, if it touches your soul, then it is Christ talking it to you. God bless everyone. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Thank you so much. It has been a real, real pleasure just getting to know you, um, everyone, you know, just by conversing. And then we understand, okay, that we are, in the bond of love, right, in the family of Christ. And um, I'd just like to ask, uh, Sheena, would you be so kind to close us in prayer? Sheena, are you there? <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, yeah. thank uh, you. Father, we thank you for tonight's session, God. Thank you for... Pastor Joshua for sharing his life to us. Uh, it takes humility, God, to share all the broken pieces of his life. 
to a platform of other believers here. Lord, may you use his testimony to bless all of us, even as we reflect on our own brokenness in life. God, we know that all these brokenness are not broken for the purpose of being broken, O oh God. You pick those broken pieces up so that you can keep our life and make our life beautiful, meaningful, and counts for eternity, God. Father, I pray that uh, you will continue to do the work that you have begun in us. You are faithful, and whatever that you have uh, began, you will bring it to completion on the day when, you see, when we see you again, God. Father, we just want to bless everyone on this platform that we will continue to walk by faith and not by sight and to know, God, that you know everything. Uh, even as we surrender every pieces of our life to you, uh, nothing will be wasted, nothing will be lost. Lord, we will be um, a beautiful creature in your eyes on the day when, you, when we see you again. And we thank you so much, God, for tonight's session. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for the wonderful prayer. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. God bless everyone. Hopefully to see you next. Let's say. Pastor Josh, just keep on. Don't be discouraged. Christ loves you. And let his love, uh, his strength abound in you. Thank you, Paul. Amen. Yeah, we are standing together with you. We are praying for you. Hallelujah. Amen. So, yeah. All right. Your discouragement is our discouragement. Okay. Your achievement okay, is all our achievements. All right. We share in the suffering. We share in the glory. Even as we share in Christ's glory, we share in Christ's suffering as we are all in the body of Christ. Okay. With that said, Hallelujah. Amen. I'll see you all next week. So if you all can come, come for our Old Testament, all right, um, Sunday. All right, um, wonderful things we are going to share about, the, about Abraham's descendants. Okay, so good night. Hallelujah. Okay, good morning. Okay, have a wonderful day. God bless everyone. Signing off now. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.